Thank you for listening to this podcast hosted by the Cambridge MBA for the New Game blog. Today we have Alexander McLean, Director of the African Prisons Project, who is here to speak to us about prisons in Africa and specifically in South Africa. Alexander, thanks for joining us today. It's great being with you, Conrad. Tell us a bit about what is the African Prisons Project and how did that start? The African Prisons Project works to bring dignity and hope to men, women and children in prisons in Africa through healthcare, education, access to justice and community reintegration. We do three things. We improve prisons infrastructure with a focus on health and education facilities. We provide training to prisoners and prison staff with a focus on functional adult literacy, primary health care and the law because we see that um, prison staff and prisoners are keen to share skills and knowledge with their peers and they can act as effective teachers. We also develop leaders uh, in African prison services through organising prison staff exchanges, supporting distance learning and organising for senior prison staff to come to UK universities to study for masters in public health, law and education. How did the African Prisons Projects start? Uh, I never had an intention of founding a charity. When I was 18 in 2004, I went to Uganda on a gap year. I volunteered with a local hospice. Through the hospice, I met dying prisoners. I saw that often these were young men in prison for having underage sex, which has a maximum sentence of death. Usually they hadn't had a trial. I went to the prison they came from. I saw that conditions were very tough, that most people in prison hadn't had trials. They were in prison for unusual offences, and their living conditions were, were hard, and that there were few charities interested in supporting them. So uh, I started out whilst at university reading law, going backwards and forwards to prisons in Uganda and Kenya and Sierra Leone in my university holidays, establishing libraries and clinics, and the work grew from there. And in the last um, nine years since you started African Prisons Project, how big has this grown? We've grown a lot. We started out as a group of uh, friends from school and university going occasionally to um, African countries during our university holidays to do work in prisons. Now we have a team of more than 25 staff across three offices in London uh, and uh, Uganda, one in Kampala and one in Gulu in the north of Uganda. Each month we provide services to thousands of prisoners through our libraries, our clinics uh, and the teachers and health workers that we train. We've received invitations to work in prisons in uh, Sierra Leone, in South Sudan, Zimbabwe, Zambia, Malawi, Tanzania, uh, and others. We're also a registered charity in Kenya, where we've done a number of health and education projects uh, over the years, and we've also worked in Sierra Leone. Mm-hmm. Um, many people would not have spent as much time as you have visiting prisons in Africa. So can you just tell us, very, in a very general sense, what uh, a prison in Africa would look like? And I, I understand that obviously there's going to be huge variations across the continent. I spent time in about uh, 100 prisons in uh, 10 or so African countries. And as you say, there are great variations. But I think there are a few common themes. One is the challenge of overcrowding. This is an issue in prisons around the world. But I spent time in prison cells where Half of the inmates have to stand for half the night and the other half have to sit down and then they swap where inmates have died from suffocation because there's not enough oxygen. There are challenges with infrastructure. Uh, I visited and worked in prisons which have no electricity, no running water, no toilets. There's a huge challenge relating to accessing justice. And across Africa, you'll find that often a prisoner is more likely to be in prison awaiting trial than having been convicted 
and you can find that prisoners wait many years, maybe 10 years or more, in prison for a trial, sometimes for a relatively minor offence. There are issues relating to lack of access to health care and to education and to lawyers. Specifically for South Africa, what is the landscape like in terms of prisons in South Africa? I visited uh, five or six prisons in South Africa, in Pretoria and Cape Town. I was um, keen to visit prisons there, having spent time in many other prisons around the continent, because uh, South Africa has a reputation for having made considerable progress in um, its prison conditions during the years since the end of apartheid. During the apartheid regime, um, prisons were known as places of punishment with a punitive regime. I think this can be evidenced by the very high um, execution rate during apartheid. And from the 1960s to the late 80s, more than 4,000 people were executed in South Africa, an execution rate which is, um, I guess, one of the highest in the, the world. Since the end of apartheid, the death penalty has been abolished. We see that there's been a big investment in um, rehabilitation in prison. I visited uh, bird projects in a maximum security prison where some of the most dangerous offenders are given the opportunity to um, rear parrots as a way of uh, trying to reduce tension and give them the chance to take care of something other than themselves. I saw that music plays an important role in prison life in South Africa and that there are some fantastic choirs and bands who are given an opportunity to compete with each other and their music is recorded. Whilst Nelson Mandela was in prison in South Africa, he studied law with the University of London by distance learning. We are also offering the opportunity to study um, with the University of London by distance learning to prisoners and prison staff and ex-inmates in uh, Uganda and Kenya, but we're following on the example of countries like South Africa, and it seems that there's a strong commitment from the prison service to giving those in prison the opportunity to gain access to education, both uh, at the most basic level, learning to read and write, but also uh, at a university level, which I think is impressive. You said that music plays a big part in South African prisons. Um, how does developing that love for music help in the rehabilitation process? I've seen that music is incredibly powerful in prisons around the world uh, and um, even in Uganda we've in 2007 recorded a CD of death row choirs with men and women on death row singing about their um, experiences uh, as condemned prisoners. The standard of music I saw in prisons in South Africa was unbelievable. I saw choirs and bands which invested huge amounts of time in rehearsing and preparing for performances and occasionally performing for the public. I saw that those who participated in um, music in prison often had a higher self-esteem. There was reduced tension between those involved in um, musical activities. Uh, that there was an outlet for emotions and some of the frustrations that build up in uh, daily prison life. And that music is also a way of uniting prisoners and prison staff. How has all these developments in South Africa, has that led to a, a, a reduction in the repeat offence rate? Uh, it's difficult for me to say, based on um, my experiences visiting with prisoners and prison staff, um, what the long-term impact of the um, investment in rehabilitation is, because there are many other factors which will uh, contribute to recidivism, such as the support that prisoners receive when they uh, leave prison, both from the community and from their uh, families, and opportunities to find um, employment and alternative ways of supporting themselves other than crime. 
However, what I saw and what I was encouraged by was a number of people who said that their lives had changed whilst they were in prison and that they had gained um, a different perspective on their skills and their ability and they felt that they had alternatives available to them when they left prison uh, other than going back to a life of crime. So I think that there's cause to be hopeful. Mm. So from what you say, is it right to, to um, conclude that actually the, to tackle the problem of repeat offences is not just focusing on the time spent in prisons, but also the time after release? Yes, uh, prisons are just uh, one part of a larger picture. And I think however much you invest in rehabilitation in prisons, if someone leaves prison and find that, finds that they're not welcomed back into the community or that there aren't jobs available to them or that the um, stigma attached to being an ex-offender is so high that um, the community doesn't want to mix with them, um, they can feel alienated and um, revert back to crime. I think that uh, there are large issues which have to be addressed uh, in society which will contribute to the reduction of offending over many decades um, in greater investment in education for the poorest members of society, tackling issues related to drugs and alcohol um, will often bear fruits in terms of uh, crime reduction and that prison is often um, the final step uh, after a number of um, years going through challenges and um, experiencing deprivation which results in offending. Alexander, HIV is a big issue in Africa. Um, how is that? An, how big of an issue is it in, say, prisons in South Africa? You're right. Uh, HIV and AIDS are a huge challenge um, in all the prisons that, that I visited uh, uh, around Africa. There's a challenge of more people leaving prison with HIV than there are entering with it, and um, there's need to think about why people are getting infected with HIV whilst they're in prison. There's also the challenge of living with HIV or AIDS in prison and uh, issues like inadequate nutrition mm. or inadequate medical support, which means that prisoners uh, living with HIV and AIDS are particularly vulnerable and uh, do less well uh, in prisons than those who aren't infected with uh, HIV or AIDS. I was surprised visiting prisons in South Africa to see that, um, at least in a juvenile detention facility I visited, condoms were available. It seemed that the uh, South African Department for Corrections had recognised that there were uh, prisoners having sex with each other and they provided condoms to reduce HIV transmission. This was interesting for me as someone who spent time in prisons around the continent where it's usually the case that homosexuality um, is illegal and to imagine prison services providing condoms uh, was something uh, quite radical but it, it seems a brave step um, by the Department of Corrections in South Africa in looking to um, make time in prison safer. Alexander, you spent um, about two weeks here at the Cambridge Judge Business School on the General Management Programme uh, under the auspices of the Claw Foundation. Uh, can you tell us a bit about what you learned during the general management program and a bit about your time uh, with the Claw Foundation? It was a delight and a privilege to be here in Cambridge for the general management program. Um, 
I benefited from this for a number of reasons. I think the greatest was the fact that I'd gained the experience uh, developing an organisation and employing staff and conducting programmes on a practical level, but without ever having any training um, in the theory and without ever having the opportunity to work for someone else and to understand how other organisations operate. My time here in Cambridge got me thinking about organisational strategy how to develop staff and make the most of um, them and their skills. Thinking about issues relating to marketing and branding and public relations, the importance of strong financial systems for any organisation that's growing. Um, it was a privilege to be exposed to those working in uh, the government sector and in uh, private business and um, to in, be inspired and challenged by uh, the different approaches um, that those working outside of the charitable world um, took to similar problems. Cambridge is a, a beautiful place to be and uh, time here allowed me the opportunity to reflect on the challenges that I deal with and to think about new ways of uh, approaching some of those. Um, it was wonderful that the Claw Duffield Foundation funded me to be here. I was part of the Claw Social Leadership Programme which looks to identify, connect and develop future leaders in the third sector, those working in charities in the UK uh, and who are doing work overseas and to give them the opportunity to um, gain new skills and training and to build their uh, ability to lead uh, charities and not-for-profits over the coming decades. Thank you very much, Alexander, for giving us your time and also for giving us an insight into an area of great concern in Africa, but also some place where most of us may not have had direct experience of. Thank you.